This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. reading in verse number one here as we work our way through this book of the Bible. Uh, Tonight's message is titled this, Six Ways to Become a Sermon Illustration. And uh, nobody wants to be the sermon illustration, right? But here's six ways to become the sermon illustration. And in just a moment, I think you'll understand why I call it that. But we'll look here together in Matthew chapter 23. The Bible says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be ye not, but, but be not ye called Rabbi. For one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Verse 13, the Bible says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And we come to this passage of Scripture and there's a stark change between chapter 23 and chapter number 22. If you can imagine that the Pharisees are to my left and Jesus is in the temple court. The Pharisees are over here to my left and the rest of the crowd, the disciples and the people that have gathered together to hear from Jesus are the congregation today. And Jesus in chapter 22, look with me, verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? So here's here's what's going on. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and we know from the nature of Christ and from the truth that we've seen in the Bible that Jesus is asking them questions, speaking to them, confronting them, because he has a burden that the Pharisees will become followers of Christ. He wants them to get saved. In chapter 22, he asks them these questions so that they'll search their hearts and get right with God and identify Jesus as the Christ. But then in chapter number 23, with the Pharisees present, Jesus' attention changes and his focus changes, and he's not preaching a message to the Pharisees any longer hoping that they'll get saved, but he turns to the crowd. 
And he speaks for the crowd. And he says in verse number 1 of chapter 23, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. No longer are they the people that he is addressing, but they are the folks that he is using as a sermon illustration. He's using their hard-heartedness. He's using their pattern of religion and not faith. He's using their hypocrisy that he has so long and for so long tried to plead with them and bring them to the understanding that they need to put their trust in Christ and Christ alone for their soul salvation. But at this point, there is a turning from please heed the word of God to folks, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. He says, I want to warn you, don't be like the Pharisees. And it's at this moment that Jesus begins to, of necessity, use the Pharisees as the sermon illustration. They become not the ones being preached to, but the ones being preached about. They're the ones that God is using now to warn others. Nobody wants to be the sermon illustration. Now, we joke about this at my house because when you live at the preacher's house, you often are the sermon illustration. My kids are occasionally the sermon illustration. I, try, I always use it as a positive thing and something funny or something right. Nothing. I don't use them as, you know, bless God, my kids messed up this week and don't be like my kids. Uh, that's not my nature. Uh, Ruth ends up being a sermon illustration quite a lot, and she's good at it, actually. Uh, she handles it pretty well. I don't get in too much trouble when I get home, believe it or not. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the sermon illustration, especially the negative sermon illustration. And I have so many stories that I could tell about people, but, you know, it's just not appropriate. And I've learned the older I've got. I remember starting out, I've had to apologize to a couple of people for being zealous and young and using them in a sermon that I shouldn't have. And on occasion, I've asked permission to use certain stories about folks as sermon illustrations. But I'll just have you know something. You don't ever want to be the negative example in a sermon. And Jesus, at this juncture in the Scriptures, he has given the Pharisees opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And by the way, as he's preaching this sermon on the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and Matthew chapter 23, they all have a chance to turn and repent yet again and still. But they have no, they've become in this passage the sermon illustration. And you don't want to be the sermon illustration, so I'm going to show you six ways to become a sermon illustration from God's Word here tonight. Six ways to become a sermon illustration. Let's just study this passage of Scripture together. And the Bible says in verse number 1, Then Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now the first thing Jesus says to the congregation regarding the scribes and Pharisees is that the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. What that mean? 
Moses was the inspired author of the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The books of the law were written by Moses. And God spoke to Moses and God used Moses to pen in perfection his word. Look, I'll just have you know something. Every word, every period, every dash, every letter of the first five books of the Bible are inspired by God and can be trusted. And God used Moses to pen them. Holy men of God moved by the Spirit of God and wrote the Word of God. Now, but here's what Jesus says about these folks here. He says, the Pharisees and the scribes have done something wrong. They have put themselves, they have set themselves in the seat of Moses. They've, become the pl- they've come to the place where they believe that their word and their interpretation of Moses' word has the same authority as Moses did himself. So the first way to make yourself a sermon illustration is this. Number one, if you want to become a sermon illustration, put yourself in authority over God's Word. Put yourself in authority over God's Word. If I ask the question like this, do you think you're smarter than God? Everybody says no. A lot of times I ask Bible-believing Christians like us here at Joy Baptist Church, do you willingly contradict God's Word? No. Yet. There are Bible principles that we know to be true. And we are tempted to turn our heads toward them and fail to acknowledge them and or submit to the truth that we know in God's Word because we make some type of excuse. Hey, look. Thou shalt not commit adultery is still in the Bible. Thou shalt not bear false witness is still in the Bible. Thou shalt not covet is still in the Bible. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And we should be... Followers of the Word of God. God's Word was not given to us so that we could be in bondage to God. God's Word was given us as a, as a, a guard and a boundary so that we can enjoy the freedoms that God has, in, has planned for us. The Bible says you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. Now, we make a mistake. What had the scribes and Pharisees done? The scribes and Pharisees, according to Jesus, had sat themselves in Moses' seat. They had become the interpreters of the law, and their interpretation had become their own law. And they believed their word, and they held their word to the same plane as God's word. Do you know how to identify a cult? An occult can be identified as any group of people who hold some other writing on an equal plane with God's Word. If you hold some other writing or some other person and their inspiration on an equal plane with God's Word, or you compare God's Word to what some other person has to say, then you have a cult. And the Pharisees had interpreted the law and done so many things. The Pharisees did some of the most ridiculous things. You know, as, a, as in the law... During this Old Testament era, on the Sabbath, the Sabbath law was one that they just wore out. They had interpreted, uh, they had interpreted Sabbath law, and they had written 156 pages 
in the Talmud, in their, in their interpretations, that dictated what people could do on the Sabbath. Do you know that it was against the law of the scribes and Pharisees for a woman to look in a mirror on the Sabbath day? Did you know that? Do you know how it is justified in writing in the Talmud? How is it justified? They felt that it was against the law for a lady to look in a mirror on the Sabbath because she may be tempted if she saw a gray hair to pluck it out. And therefore she would be tempted by plucking out the hair to break the law. It's ridiculous, isn't it? By the way, when we start acting outside of God's Word and we start adding to God's Word, we put ourselves in authority over God's Word, we start doing the most ridiculous things. I could go on and on about these examples because, man, some of them are just mind-blowing. How silly can you be? I'll tell you how silly you can be. You can be so silly to think that somehow what you believe or what you hold or what you say or what has been your tradition is better or more important than what God says in His Word. You are not an authority. I am not an authority. God's Word is the authority. And Jesus says, look, if you want to become a sermon illustration, he stops trying to talk to the Pharisees and scribes. He looks at the crowd. He says, now look, these scribes and Pharisees have sat themselves in Moses' seat. They think they're, they think they're as inspired as Moses, and they're not. And I'm not as inspired as Moses, and you're not as inspired as Moses, and God's word is our authority. Let God's word be true, and every man a liar. You see, if you want to become a sermon illustration, if you want to be the person who we look back and say, oh man, they had a chance, but they missed it. Exalt yourself above God's Word. Number two, six ways to become a sermon illustration. Number two, forsake all Bible truth because of a few hypocrites. Now look what the Scripture says here, and I think it's wonderful. Now, Jesus is uh, perfectly inspired and, of course, says everything just right. And here's what the Scripture says to us in verse number 3. He says, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, Check us out at ChilhoweeBaptistChurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.